Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. It's good to see you. Today we're going to talk about value. Now, you guys, even if you don't really know the word value yet, you've already started to learn about value. You all probably have a favorite toy, right? You have a toy that is your favorite of all the toys you have. I bet you you have one that you like the most. We could say that toy is probably more valuable to you than a toy that you don't like so much. Make sense? So something you really like is more valuable to you. It would be harder for you to give up that toy that you really like, maybe to sell it or give it to another kid, than it would be for you to give up a toy that you never use and you never play with. You probably also know that cars and houses, they cost money. Did you know that? If you want a house or you want an apartment or you want a car, you're going to have to pay money. That's, that's how it works. They're valuable. Now, some houses are really, really big and some houses are really, really small. Houses that are really, really big usually cost more money than houses that are really, really small. We might say one is more valuable than the other. It's more expensive. You probably also know that people, the people that we have in our lives, our brothers and sisters, our mom and our dad, you can't really put a dollar value on people. People are priceless. You can't buy another mom. You can't buy another dad. God gives us a mom and a dad. Maybe God gives you brothers and sisters. God gives you friends. People are the most valuable relationships. The relationships we have with people are one of the most valuable things that we have in this life. But there's something more valuable still. Something more valuable than your favorite toy. Something more valuable than the most expensive house. Something more valuable even than the people that we love that God has given us in this life. Jesus teaches us today that the kingdom of heaven His kingdom, over which he is the king, is the most valuable thing there is. The kingdom of heaven is more valuable than your favorite stuff. The kingdom of heaven is more valuable than the nicest house. The kingdom of heaven is more valuable even than the people we love the most. The kingdom of heaven is that place where God comes to us in his word and he shows us who we are, what we're really like, He shows us our sin, but then he shows us Jesus who came into this world to pay for all sin, to buy you and me to be his treasured possession. Today we hear about the most valuable thing there is, the kingdom of heaven. I want you to listen really closely as we look at some more pictures, some more parables of Jesus where he teaches us just how valuable the kingdom of heaven is. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for sending your kingdom into our hearts, for coming to us in your word to teach us what we're really like, to help us better understand how serious our sin is, and to help us better appreciate your great love, even for sinners like us, that you came into this world to die a death that you did not deserve so that we could be with you in your kingdom forever. Help us to better appreciate the value of your kingdom today. In your name we pray, dear Savior. Amen. 
The portion of God's word that we'll focus our attention on for a little while this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls, When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. This is the word of our God. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So last week we talked about this general way of viewing Jesus' parables that when Jesus uses a parable, he's painting a picture with words, and as is the case with just about every picture you could think of, the purpose is to look at the picture and ask yourself, well, what do you see? This week we're going to add a slight wrinkle. The wrinkle is that as you look at a picture, sometimes different perspectives provide something different to see. Take, for example, the the Tetons in Wyoming. If you are on the east of the Teton Range and you look to the west, you see very distinct, very jagged mountains, and they're quite awe-inspiring. If you travel around to the west and you look back at the Tetons to the east, there are some vistas where you can see a peak, but they're a lot more rare. It's this interesting geological formation where if you can picture a a once flat plain and then one portion of earth was kind of pushed up like this, when you're looking at it from this direction, you see that sharp contrast, the jagged peaks. But when you're looking at it from this perspective, it's just a lot of gradual slopes heading up toward mountain peaks. It's not quite as jagged. So if you think about it in those terms, as we look at these three parables today, we're kind of going to take a, a walk around them. And we'll have three different views of the same three parables. So our, for our first look, we, we hear that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man. The kingdom of heaven is like a net. So there's these three different things. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like a man. The kingdom of heaven is like a net. In the first parable, 
this treasure is hidden in the field. And, and yeah, there's a man who's working in the field. He doesn't own the field. You assume he's maybe a hired hand of some sort. Maybe he's picking rocks. You ever done that? Pick rocks in a field? So you, you got your tool of choice. You're, you're picking rocks, and all of a sudden you hit a pretty big rock, and you start to pull the dirt away, and you realize it's not a rock. It is a huge treasure chest full of gold. What does the man do? He goes away. He sells everything in his possession, everything that has value to him, sells it all, and uses that money to buy the field. Why? So he could claim the treasure for himself. Now, a whole lot of people have debated over the years as to whether or not this was ethical. That's not the point. Don't look at that. Just ask yourself, how valuable was this treasure to him? More valuable than everything he had, right? That's the point. Second parable, you have this merchant man, and he's looking for things of value. You could say the first guy, he wasn't looking for that treasure. There's nothing in Jesus' parable to suggest he was looking for the treasure. He was not a treasure hunter. He was just working in a field, and he found one, hence the great joy when he found it. But this guy is different. His job is to look for pearls. And you might have noticed he's looking for pearls, plural. He's out looking for valuable pearls that he can buy and then sell in his business. But he comes across one, a singular pearl, that is so rare, so different from all the others. He's never seen anything like it. What does he do? Goes away, sells everything he has, and buys it. There's no emotion in this one. We're not told about great joy when he finds it. But the same response is there. Go away, sell everything, buy it. I hope the point's pretty obvious for you. Jesus is saying that his kingdom, what he offers to us, is at a totally different level of value to anything that you can value in this life talked about it a little bit in the children's devotion, but whether it's stuff, whether it's a place, whether it's a person, the kingdom of heaven so far supersedes those earthly things in value that if you could buy it, it'd be worth giving up everything you have to buy it. Now that's not the point either. You can't buy the kingdom of heaven. You can't sell all your stuff, become a monk, become a nun, and buy the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't work that way. The point is simple. The kingdom of heaven is the most valuable thing there is. End of story. The third parable, kind of like last week, hits hard because Jesus right away brings in the concept of hell. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the sea, caught all kinds of fish. Some were of a good quality and some were not. Some were rotten, worthless And the angels separate the good from the bad, and hell is the result for the bad. Heaven for the good. And as you look at these three pictures in order, and then you ask yourself, okay, well, how do I value the kingdom of heaven? How do I value God's stuff compared to everything else? Would I actually be willing to give up everything I have here for God's kingdom? Seems kind of like a big ask. Would I be willing 
to give up everything that I have for the word of God and the promise of salvation in Jesus. That's a convicting thought. We get value all twisted up all the time. We love a good deal. We love a good value. We love finding the one store that has the same product for less than all the other stores. We love things that bring us joy. We love the people that bring us joy. But the idea of giving those things up, that's hard. Spent some time doing a bit of silly research this week. I wanted to see what's the most expensive boat that I could find that actually looks like a boat. So not one of those like billionaire yachts, but like a boat that looks like a boat. Center console, outboard engines. I found one that depending on where you find it listed is between 3.5 and $5 million. It's 65 feet long and it has six 600 horsepower Mercury outboards on the back. That's 3,600 horsepower. Then I went on Facebook Marketplace and I looked for the cheapest boat that I could find in our area. I found a couple for under a grand that appeared to be in working order, but not very nice. What would happen if you ran the 3.5 to $5 million boat onto a rock bar? It would sink. What would happen if you ran the $600 boat onto a rock bar and poked a hole in the bottom? It would sink. How about if we do this exercise with RVs or motorhomes? I did the same search. You can find class A's between $1 million and $3 million. That's insane. You can also find a class A on Facebook Marketplace right now in our area for twenty-four grand. It looked a little sketchy. I don't know if you'd want to take it on a road trip. But you can find them fully contained, house on wheels, under $25,000. What happens if those two vehicles find themselves in a 70-car pileup on the interstate? They're both reduced to rubble. Neither's worth a thing when it's done. How long does it take? How much time needs to pass for the multi-million dollar boat, the multi-million dollar class A taken care of? How, how much time needs to pass till it's a piece of junk? A couple decades? 40, 50 years? The most valuable things here They perish, they spoil, they fade, they rust. Moths chew holes in the fabric. Mice get in. You know what a a little family of mice can do to a boat or a motor vehicle over the winter months? Everything in this world perishes and spoils and fades. People live and then like the flowers of the field, they're gone, we die Everything here, valuable as it may seem to us, perishes, spoils, and fades. Nothing is as valuable as the kingdom of heaven. And yet, if you're honest, if I'm honest, there are many times in our lives when the kingdom of heaven is not the most valuable thing to us. And we look at that parable of the net and we see the good fish and the bad and it terrifies us because we think, what if I'm the bad fish that gets thrown into hell at the end of the age? But now let's look at this parable a second time from a little different angle. 
The first two parables are very different. Kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like a man. The man in the first parable rejoices when he finds it. The guy in the second parable doesn't. The guy in the first parable is not looking for treasure but finds it. The guy in the second parable is looking for treasure and finds it. But where they come together is the refrain. They both go away. They both sell. They both buy. Who do you know who went away, sold, and bought? Jesus. Jesus left his rightful place at the right hand of the Father, where he sat for eternity. And he poured out everything that he had, including his own blood. Why? As a payment to buy something, someone. You. This is a common picture in the scriptures in both the Old and New Testaments. God's special possession. We see it in the first five books of the Bible when Moses speaks to God's people and says, you are God's treasured possession. We see it in the Psalms. We see it in the New Testament. First Peter 2. Chosen people, royal priesthood, a holy nation. Some translations say a people belonging to God. Other translations say God's special possession. How did that happen? God's own son went away, sold, and bought. You are the treasure hidden in a field, you're the treasure hidden in the world. You are the priceless pearl. How could that be? We just got done talking about how the first look at the parable shows us that we're worthy of hell. That we might just be those bad fish. And yet, Jesus has made you and me his own treasured possession. We are so valuable to him, sinful though we are, that he gave up everything to buy you and to buy me that we could be his very own. Wow. Now look at the parables a third time. Once again, you are the man. You're the man who found this treasure of the kingdom of heaven in a field. This good news that Jesus gave up everything to buy you to be his own. You found the pearl, the pearl unlike anything else. All the wisdom of the world, all the great philosophies that you were sifting through, you found one, one teaching that was so different from all the rest. What are you gonna cling to here that's more valuable than the gospel? What are you gonna cling to here that's more valuable than the kingdom of heaven, the good news that Jesus sold everything to buy you. Nothing. This economy might ruin everything you got in savings. Every investment you have. That's possible. You still have Jesus and Jesus still has you. Your toys, your boats, your RVs, 
your vehicles, they could break. They could get destroyed. They could sink. You still have Jesus. Jesus still has you. Your house could burn down. You still have Jesus. And Jesus still has you. You could lose those closest to you. They could die. A parent, a spouse, a child, a sibling, a friend. Expected, unexpected. You still possess Jesus. And Jesus still possesses you. You are Jesus' special possession. And he is yours. Amen.